0: Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where an actual statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, for the latest updates and information. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook, and for extra exclusive free picks on TikTok. This college ball episode covers select games from Week 14 of the 2022. So all the games from Week 14 of the 2022 season. Uh, it's Conference Championship Weekend, and we're going to cover it all. I'm going to bring cousin Jared and our friend Jake on momentarily. But first, in case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com professor.com slash new for a primer. If you haven't been there yet, otherwise the goals of this episode is share key information about these games. Give you a few things to think on, explain why certain plays are being made. We never recommend blindly tailing or fading any paper either to hear the justifications thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard earned money. We'll make a pick on every game, but you should take what you like and leave the rest. Remember there are no locks in gambling and that good and bad variance will occur. So as much as we'd like to say, we'll be profitable each and every week. That is an impossible reality for any gambler. And and viewer, you may have noticed there, a part of the spiel that I usually said at that moment, I didn't say. And the reason for that is after looking through our performance on specifically the A, B, and C grade picks, I found that the A picks weren't performing as well as we'd liked and in fact had actually done worse than the B and C grade picks. I, I don't want to bore you with math necessarily, but of all the plays that cousin Jared and I collaborated on in the six weeks that we did that, the a plays were 10 games under 500 and all the other plays were 26 above. And I I think it kind of goes to show something that we had debated, talked about, discussed a little bit, which was, you know, the plays that we kind of liked sometimes turn out better than the ones that we really thought we had a good read on. And why is that football's a high variant sport, the turnover battle can really affect things. Um, And and we had so many games where, you know, um, just to take this last weekend, for example, we finally were on the right side of one of them with Alabama covering uh, that number where probably shouldn't have, you know, we got that one, but so many were, the opposite thing happened as well. Even this last weekend, several games that went on, you know, the South Alabama game, we missed that over by half a point. Um, And that had, you know, had a touchdown taken off the board. The Western Kentucky under missed by like one point because going to double overtime. So weird things like that happen. And I think what we kind of learned looking at the data was we probably shouldn't put more or less units on games. And, and I think the final nail in the coffin for that was we went with that approach for Saturday and said, we we're going to add a unit to a lot of those C grade picks, especially where the numbers had gotten better. And that turned out to be, I think a profitable decision by by one game. And we had a handful of games that we held back There or six games that we held back and said, Maybe we shouldn't add a second tune to these. These are the ones that we really are. It's where we lean, but we just didn't feel that confident in. It. And those six games, have believe, went five and one. And so it was kind of the final nail in the coffin to say, if if we're leaning in that direction, we should play it. And and if we like it anymore, we should just play it at the same uh, confidence levels so going forward. Because in general, I'm just going to make picks on games. going to be no uh, weighted heavier or weighted less. The top of the top picks have been doing okay. And for those, you can check us out. Uh, on the plays of the day, but otherwise again, we are just be making picks. We're not going to recommend on these games more or less on something we'll talk about if we like it more, but uh, those plays haven't really done any better and statistically have been no different than the plays we liked a little bit less. So we're just going to make them all the same. Um, we've been right at about 52% since we've been collaborating. So right around that break, even Mark, the only reason that the units aren't there is because we've been <laughs> waiting poorly uh, as I just discussed. Hopefully uh, a change of that up. We'll fix that uh, going forward. And so with that said, I will bring Cousin Jared along. How are you doing today? Doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm, I'm guessing you're doing better, you know, not having to sit there and smile at the camera for that whole spiel, right?
1: Yeah, it, it, it was nice to kind of sit here and just, you know, drink my beverage and just kind of enjoy listening to you tell the listeners why we're doing what we're doing. So yeah, that was much more enjoyable than just sitting here stone-faced while you were reading it. I feel like I should say, is there anything that I left out? But I feel like I already know the answer is you're
0: just like, no, whatever
1: it is, whatever it is. No, that's that's what I said before we came on. You're the math guy. So you got to tell them, hey, the math wasn't showing this was working out. So, uh, yeah, I think you covered everything. Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. And uh, we'll also bring on Jake for our conference championship episodes. Uh, he's going to make his picks as well. Jake, long time no see. Yeah. Yeah. It's been way too
2: long, I guess, since what, Saturday? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I meant for football, but too short. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Missed a week there, but All right. Yeah, sorry.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, before we get to today's show, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball and all the other college content this channel provides. And a reminder, we've got that Patreon if you're looking to get some extra benefits. Membership starts at just three dollars per month to get you the plays of the day. And there's other tiers to get all sorts of other fun benefits if you're looking for a little extra. But if not, like I always we say, we're thrilled to have you here. Get right to it. All lines courtesy of Bet Online. Sign up link in the show description and current as the all lines. I said we haven't an, actually an asterisk to that at the very end of the show, we'll, we'll talk about, but otherwise, sign up link in the show description to Kurt as the time of this recording here on Sunday night. Uh, we're going to start off Friday afternoon with the makeup game from the, from the crazy snow, they hit Buffalo, Akron and Buffalo. I don't know if they were going to play this game, had Buffalo won this last week. Maybe someone knows the answer. I I don't know if they were going to play either way, or if they were only going to play it for Buffalo to get the six wins. Either way, a big game for Buffalo. And you would think an easy opponent Akron, except for the fact that Akron last week, Looked like a competent football team. What What the hell was that? I, I mean, <laughs> what? where did that come from, Akron? Right. And it's like, at some point, if they'd maybe if they'd won, you'd have been like, oh, whatever. Like, bad teams win all the time. But the way that they played in that game, I mean, uh, so, I mean, clearly they're going to go out and, and fight and try to win. They, they did last week. You know, they clearly haven't uh, thrown in the towel. Uh, Sideline rakes Akron after that performance has them up to 125th. I've got Buffalo at 97th. Model says it should be Buffalo minus 14.1. The actual spread is 13 and a half. Because of Jared, we're going to take the over 47 and a half. Do you have any insights for us as to why?
1: If Akron's going to play like that this week, then this is going to go way over 57 and a half. And I think, honestly, I don't want to say this is what I was waiting for from Akron. That, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, they're, they're Akron. They're not a good football team. But I mean, how many times does a uh mac football team get a head coach with the pedigree that joe moorhead had and, and kind of the rep for having being such a good offensive coach and so i was expecting them to to get a bump on offense it just took the entire season uh but hey let's let's say that they're, they're rolling now and you know again better Akron, late than never yeah better late than never in akron's defense still regardless of what happened last week is not very good i think buffalo is going to put up a lot of points like you said they've got everything to play for a potential bowl game on the line so mm. i see a, a lot of points in, in this game this one definitely feels you know 42 21 something like that and easily goes mm-hmm. over 57 and a
0: half mm-hmm. and uh the weather right now you know, we're talking sunday night this is a friday afternoon game so uh which is weird by the way that's friday afternoon I, I don't know what's going on with that but either way um <laughs> uh weather right now looks good it's a long ways out um, but weather looks like it'll just be a chilly day. Nothing too crazy as of the, as of this moment. Um, Jake, you're on. You're taking Buffalo and the over. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah I am. So my my concern for Buffalo is the way they just collapse. These last several games. I thought they had this last week because Jared and I had had a, had a pick on Buffalo and they looked like they were running away when All of a sudden, I turn around and it's tied. The way they've collapsed. I think that's my only concern with Buffalo. Otherwise, I completely agree with you. Buffalo is a much better team and they should go out and put up a ton of points and that should help them cover, um, this number. I like that it's under 14, but I think cousin Jerry and I just couldn't get there. So, uh, you are the Mac daddy. Uh, your, your record in the Mac games has has gone really well. So uh, I'll let you tell the people why, uh, in addition to the over, which you also like, they should also lay the 13 and a half with Buffalo.
2: Yeah. So Buffalo, you gotta think Akron shot their shot last week, right? Mm -hmm. That was the end of the year, last 100-meter sprints to finish the marathon. And so they gave everything they had. I don't think they've got enough in the tank to keep this one close, especially with nothing to play for. They thought their season was done. Here they are playing six days later uh, or whatever it is. So it's just I, I don't think they've got enough in the tank here, really. They've, they're they playing better recently, so I think that's going to help the over. But I, I think it's going to be a blowout territory. I think Buffalo wants to get ahead and cruise and – I mean, the better they play, the better they look, maybe a better bowl game they kind of get for the sixth win rather than some of the weaker bowls. So they've got a lot more to play for. It's really about the spot. Just, I think Akron doesn't – if I was on the Akron team, I really wouldn't be interested in this game too much either.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it, it, I just did a quick look. At it. it does seem like this game had been rescheduled. So it was going to happen either way. Uh, if Buffalo had won and had been six and five, you feel like this would have been a real bummer of a spot for both teams. Uh, I guess Buffalo did us all a favor and losing because now it, there is a little something on the line. I don't really know. Um, Either way, we all like the over 57 and a half. And Jake also is telling you to lay the 13 and a half with Buffalo to the conference championship game. probably what you've been waiting for here. North Texas and UTSA, uh, Friday night at 7.30 Eastern. A rematch of a game that was a little bit closer than the experts thought the first time around. Uh, This game will be in San Antonio. UTSA is an eight-point favorite. Sideline says it should be 11. We're going to lay the eight here with UTSA. Um... Sidelines so got them ranked 52nd. I've talked about them a lot this season. A pretty solid team, either average, or maybe even just slightly above average relative to uh, the rest of college football. North Texas, though, I've got ranked 74th. Uh, they've made a bowl either way. Um, because Jared, why is laying the eight the right move in this game?
1: I think North Texas. I think they started off the season uh, not that great. They kind of went through a really good point in the season where they were just crushing teams. They they killed Florida Atlantic. They killed Louisiana Tech. They played a close game with UTSA. They beat Western Kentucky. Uh, but then the 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 and they beat Florida International, which you know a lot of decent teams beat Florida National. Although Florida
0: National like, flips a coin and either shows up or literally just sends out like a high school team. Like that is yeah. the most bipolar team I have ever seen at play college. I feel like,
1: yeah, I think you're probably right on that. Uh, but then the the last few few games, uh, UNT just hasn't looked the same. They they lost to UAB by twenty. Uh, UAB team that only finished six and six. You know, we like to think of UAB being a really good team. They their team was not that great this year, and then only had a, f- a four point victory over Rice the, this past weekend. Mm-hmm. So when you flip around and look at UTSA season, I mean, they got the triple overtime loss to Houston, and they got the loss to uh, Texas, and, and that's just about it. I think UTSA had their letdown spot this past weekend where they spotted, uh, I, I'm blank, UTEP, uh, approximately UTEP. a billion points. Uh, in I think that it was game. 21, but whatever it was, was. I, it was a lot. I, I,
0: I thought I thought that you know you can't watch every game. I thought the score bug was flipped. I was like I just assumed they've got it. They've got it backwards here. Like there's no way this is happening. <laughs>
1: they did not, and somehow still managed to come back and win that game. So mm-hmm. I think that that was their their hiccup. I think they're going to come out ready to play uh, this week, and I just don't see North Texas being able to keep this close based on how they've played the past past few weeks. I mean, and and this was one of those things where North Texas needed to put their best foot forward and play their best football to get a chance to be in the conference championship game, and they kind of just got fortunate that the way that things fell, that they were able to make it. So um, I think UTSA is going to, going to blow them out. This is what UTSA has been looking forward to all season. They want to be conference USA champs. And I I think they just put the pedal to the, to the metal here and and don't let up. Yeah. Only one other seven and five team playing a conference championships. Like I said, definitely lucky
0: uh, to be there. Uh, And I'll add, I, 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 I could be wrong on this, but my perception here is that UTSA is more of a team that it was concerned about the big picture They were concerned about winning the conference, getting to the conference championship game. Um, North Texas, like I said, had to focus on the individual every single game. And to me, that's a situation where now that UTSA just gets to focus on one game that greatly benefits them because now they can kind of just say, okay, now this is it. And, And obviously the bowl as well, but UTSA looking at that big picture maybe is why they only won that first game by four. Where, like you said, North Texas was throwing everything they got every single week to try to get here. And I think that plays into UTSA's advantage here they've seen north yep. texas best shot um it's obviously on the wrong side of seven but it feels like a situation where again sideline says 11 that's why we have the model to help us see these types of things or maybe we're concerned about the wrong key number that we should be working sort of about the 10s and the 14s rather than the right, sevens and right. this could be a runaway game with utsa's firepower that i'm not sure they've really let out of the barn most of the year you know what i mean they, yeah. they really haven't taken that car for a spin quite yep. yet too many times. I haven't needed to, and now yep. this this game and the bowl game
2: are the times to do it. So uh Jake, yep.
0: what's your take on this game?
2: Yeah, I'm going be honest. Don't really have a take on this one um since basketball started. Some of these smaller schools that I really don't not a fan of haven't paid attention to enough so I'm I'm not gonna make a pick because I'm not even gonna play it myself.
0: It's it's a game between two Texas schools. So of course cousin jared and I are a little more more honed into the Texas schools, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, to the other Friday night game. musty TV right here, Utah and USC. Total on this one is 67. This line has moved a lot. It started off around a pick'em. It's up to USC minus three right now. Uh, Cousin Jared, you and I are, are holding off on the side here. I, I think we like Utah either way. So this is Utah should be a one-point favorite. I've got Utah ranked ninth, USC ranked 11th. And I know that people will say, USC's eleven and one, Utah's nine and three. Or they'll talk about how good Utah USC's looked lately, and that's absolutely true. But when you look at the the totality of everything, you know a one point loss, right? Not being much different than a one point win that situation. Uh, that that type of thing. That the schedule um, that that the two teams have played, they're they're pretty similar. And that's why, again, I've got one nine one eleven. I just don't think that they're as far apart. And if you said USC right. really should be ninth and Utah eleventh, I'm fine with that. I mean, we're talking about a really close discrepancy here. Another record's a little far apart. And if you ask, ask for a resume ranking about how their resume stacks up, absolutely. USC should be playing for a spot in the college football playoff. I would not disagree with that at one, at any point. What, what I'm trying to do is a predictive metric, not a resume metric. From a prediction standpoint, I think these two teams are pretty even. So giving me a field goal with Utah or the plus odds makes a lot of sense. But I think we're waiting for four or either better odds in the money line. They're just going to kind of wait and see on that simply because USC didn't kick a lot of field goals. So if USC's going to win, I could easily see him winning by four. Obviously, yeah. go by seven, it's never going to get to seven. So there's no point waiting for that. So just kind of see with the way this number is going, kind of what happens before you officially jump in. We like Utah. Maybe you grab three. Maybe you wait for four. Maybe you just take the money line. We'll make an official pick on that later, depending on what the number does. But the other pick that we are locking in on this one
1: is the over 67. Kiss uh, and Jared, what are your thoughts on this? My thoughts on this game, in regards to taking the points, I mean, how can you watch that first game they played this season? If you could get something like three or four points at, or, or plus odds on the money line, how could you not feel good about that? That game was uh, back and forth. USC One, got on either, side, really. yeah, exactly. on either side, really. Yeah, it wouldn't matter on side. Exactly. That's exactly where, where, where I'm going with this. So, um, you know, I, I just like taking the points in that situation. The other thing is – it feels like there's just so much pressure on USC in this mm-hmm. spot, knowing that they win the game, they'll probably get a spot in, in the college football playoff. I mean, that's just a, a lot of pressure. I'm sure that the, the players are uh, relishing having that pressure on their shoulders, but it is still oh, yeah. a lot of pressure. So um, I think taking the three points of Utah there is valuable. And again, these two teams played earlier this season. And again, how could you watch that and not say, okay, oh, yeah, I'm going to go over 67. There was never really any doubt that that game was going to go flying over whatever number at, ha- had been said mm-hmm. so um i think you're going to see a lot of the the same thing here you got to remember this is a lincoln riley offense it's going to find a way to put up points i think if utah wins this game it's because they scored a lot of points a- as well so yeah i think the over 67 is a great play as well
0: and, and i want to add two two things to that um real quick to wrap us up and then I'll, I'll turn it over to jake first off with regards to total we'll talk later about a total in a rematch where i think hey something might play out a little differently i don't see why anything would play out any differently here Both of these teams have been high-scoring, weaker defense. I know there was a lot of talk this last week about USC's defense hearing the negativity and playing with pride or whatever. That's a bunch of crap, in my opinion. Those guys go out there and play hard every single week, right? And if you want to tell me they don't, maybe they don't against, you know, Sisters of the Poor or whoever, right? The You know, the FCS team, whatever, sure. But in conference play... you're telling me they weren't playing hard against UCLA? Come on, right? Like I just I'm not going to buy that this they had this one week in practice where like, oh well, now they heard they weren't good, so now they're going to play harder this week. I'm telling you, they played they played their butts off as well as they could against UCLA. And they just aren't that good their offense made up for it because their offense is fantastic right so i just don't see anything playing different utah's kind of in the same way their offense has been really good this year their defense hasn't been as good as it's been in years past yeah. so i just don't see anything different playing out i think we're gonna have a lot of quick scores you saw in that notre dame game a team that doesn't really like to pass wants to run the ball a lot uh, uh, still passing kind of all over usc and still getting that game yeah. over a number in the 60s as well this one i think goes flying over the number. The last thing I want to say is I just want to point out, I just have to point out as a, as a Baylor fan, Baylor last year playing Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams in this style of offense held them to 14 points. So I'm just saying it's possible to stop this offense. It's just nobody in that conference has been able to do it. Utah wasn't able to do yeah. it the first time. I don't think they can now. If they go up against the Michigan, it can happen. And it, yeah. and Or Georgia, it can happen. Like I said, Baylor was able to do it last year. Baylor had a great defense last year and a great scheme. If they get to the playoff and face either one of those teams, I think you're going to see that offense get stopped. But it hasn't happened in Pac-12 play, and I don't see it happening
2: yep. here on Friday. Jake, what's your thoughts? Yeah, the over is the safest bet here. I mean, you've got two average defenses at best that it gets two very, very good offenses. I mean, and the fact that – throwing the fact that you've got the stealth mission to get Caleb Williams to the Heisman winner <laughs> that's going perfectly to plan. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're going to put up points and put up numbers for him, especially with his win – if they win this one, I just, I think the biggest factor of this is there's no die for USC in this one. He was responsible for mm-hmm. a touchdown and a little over hundred combined yards from scrimmage. He was a big threat. I, there's not, he doesn't have the USC doesn't have him anymore. So I think that takes a, a weapon off the table and just weakens that offense just enough for Utah to win. So I'm going to take Utah with the points. I'm going to wait and see what the money line does play that probably towards closer to game time, but I'm, I don't think it's going to get uh, much better than three if it does i'll i'll eat it but i'm going to go ahead and get the field goal in this game it should be a toss-up
0: all righty to the saturday games big 12 championship here in arlington kansas state and tcu another rematch of a wild and fun game that already happened this season and that one you did have some kansas state quarterback injury situations there kind of hindered them but i mean both teams were scoring like crazy and i kind of copy what we just said in the previous game and apply it here I don't see either one of these teams really being stopped they don't play quite as fast necessarily as like USC has been playing most of the season so maybe a few less possessions but the offensive efficiency for both these teams is through the roof here you saw what TCU was able to do against Iowa State my goodness iowa state i feel like iowa state allowed as many points in that one game against ccu as they did the whole rest of the conference season i mean you can at least add like three or four games up and get to that many with how well that defense had looked all season tcu just lit them up kansas state's lighting everybody up as well um over here also a great pick for us and kind of the same thing as with utah right now this number is at two and a half for kansas state Cousin Jerry and I are holding out for three, maybe looking at Moneyline, just kind of seeing how that plays out. Sideline says this should be TCU minus 1.6. I've got TCU ranked uh, 12th Kansas State um, and not far behind them. So a a situation where... uh, that's not 12th. Sorry, 12 wins. I've got them ranked eighth. Right, TCU ranked eighth. Uh, uh, with the wrong column there is number if It's so 12 wins. Um, so T- TCU ranked eighth. Kansas State right behind them at 10th. T- TCU should be a small favor. But if you can get three in this game, overtime's on the table. Last minute, as the ball wins kind of on the table, plus odds. Same sort of thing we talked about with Utah and USC. Just maybe a little bit fewer points, but still able to clear the over 61 and a half. Because Jared, what do you have for us here?
1: I think uh will howard is a big difference maker for for kansas state we all thought adrian martinez was uh you know kind of lifted their quarterback play and he definitely did but then howard came in he's just been even better than lifted it it even more (laughs) yeah and so you mentioned all the you know because even howard got hurt in that tcu -hmm. tcu game uh so i think having a full game of him going i think tcu is going to get a a great fight from, from kansas state here uh Think taking the points is a great option, and again, as you kind of alluded to, nobody—I don't—I don't see either team stop stopping each other uh, here. So I mean, that just like I said, Howard and the, the one-two punch of him and Deuce Vaughn is pretty impressive. So uh, like taking the points with with uh, Kansas State, but wouldn't mind taking the money line with Kansas State potentially. Uh, and yeah, I think that the over—you got got a lot of good options in this game. So uh, in this game, and again, the Utah-USC, when Cousin Jared and I
0: are taking the over in both those games, and we're taking the dog, we're just waiting to see what the number does, what the money line does, but we're on the dog. And it's not that we think the dog necessarily wins. What we're pointing out is the fact that these should be tight anything type happen ball games. So taking points or plus odds makes a lot of sense. Uh, we talk about this more in baseball all the time. Or in baseball, we say, hey, if it's a 50-50 game, but you can get plus 120 odds, you, you make that play every day of the week. And it's that same sort of logic. Um, absolutely. USC and TCU could win. The playoff committee is obviously hoping that happens to make their jobs easier. I'm yeah. not saying I think that will happen or there will be chaos. I don't really know. I'm just saying these should be fantastic ball games. Uh, I think they should be pickems or minus ones. And so if we're getting field goals or some big, you know, some decent plus odds for who the heck knows type games, um, that is worth mentioning also worth mentioning for the previous game and for, i'm treating these both as true neutral sites utah travel usc is going to travel fairly well utah always travels really well in vegas i expect that to be yeah. relatively 50 50. Um, both those teams like i said utah always travels really well same thing with Kansas state they travel really well uh, also so people will say oh it's tcu it's fort worth down the road from arlington kansas state fans historically have traveled extremely well i expect there to be a lot of purple in the stands I'm not really sure uh, how it'll go. Yeah, thanks, thanks for laughing, guys. Uh, how the uh, split will go, but I think there'll be a lot of fans from both teams there. Uh, so I'm treating both these as true uh, neutral site games because I think that there'll be a lot of fans from both teams on both of them. Uh, Jake, what's your take on the Big 12 championship game? Yeah, I'm,
2: I'm going to stay away from the side from the side because I just I don't have a clue what's going to happen and I don't feel comfortable either way. Uh, but I'm I'm all over the over like this is ridiculous that it's set this low for this game. This is, I mean, TCU had, what, three games all year that was under this number, and one of those is that weird Texas game, and then Kansas State had mm. a, a few more, like I think six total, but three of those times were just like extreme blowouts where... Well, what And one was against Tulane. Yeah. One was Tulane, which is completely... Tulane
0: and TCU, Tulane's a good team, but they're just totally different than TCU is. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and then like you had what the 31 to three or something against Baylor mm-hmm. and then not to rub it in yeah, but, yeah. uh there's a few of those like blowouts where they just got no help <laughs> from the other team they did their part but so I, I think And the, game, I,
0: the Iowa State game, the Iowa yeah. State game who drug everybody in under except for TCU that, you know, but yeah, it's against the teams that play offense, They're the score's been pretty high for the most part. Yeah,
2: so the, I, I just, I don't see this game getting, being close to this number. I think it flies over. I think halfway through the fourth quarter, we're like, wow, was this ever at 61? Um, yeah. Go ahead and cash that ticket.
0: I believe the first game had 66 points, and honestly, I think this two one might hurt, have to her
2: quarterbacks. Like,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, because part of the game was Martinez, who looked good, but Howard came in then and looked better. And then Howard came out for a couple drives. And I'd like I said I, I wouldn't be surprised if this game gets in the 70s. Yeah. All right, the other noon Eastern game on Saturday, the Mac Championship game, Toledo at or Toledo versus Ohio. This one is in Detroit. I've got Ohio ranked 76th, Toledo ranked 78th. So both these teams pretty similar. I've got Ohio as a slight favorite. So we're gonna take Ohio plus 120 on the money line this is where it benefits you to be part of our patreon whether you had the early access to the lines when i posted those you would have seen that i made this a pick and you would have grabbed the ohio plus three and a half in a heartbeat or if nothing else if you're on our discord we talked about this i i told everyone multiple games one of them was this one i said hey y'all Ohio plus three and a half. I'd be eyeing it, and then it dropped to three. And I said, "Hey y'all, last chance! Ohio's down to three. Jump on it now!" So I gave people multiple warnings there on that Discord of where this was going, and told them to jump for that key number. Set of two and a half now. I don't know if it goes back to three. I don't, I, I don't see why it would personally, but you just never know with line moves. Um, so for our official pick, because we don't we can't take lines that happened in the past, and we don't want to give you stale numbers. At least as of now, I don't know what it'll be by the time you watch this. But as of now. Being at two and a half, we're going to go plus 120 in the money line. I think grabbing the points in money line, splitting your wager makes a lot of sense here. I just like what I've seen from Ohio. Toledo's, I don't know what to make of Toledo. Um, Ohio looks good right now. Toledo looks, and it's not just Finn. I just, they just, I don't know. They just don't look good to me. Uh, I really like what Ohio is doing here. Uh, we're also going to go with the over 57 and a half. Toledo defense is terrible. Toledo allowed 20 points to Western Michigan. You're like, yeah, twenty points for Western Michigan. Y'all go back and look at what Western Michigan's done the last several uh, several weeks. They've been scoring like ten a game. So like mm-hmm. Western Michigan like doubled their output against Toledo, right? If Ohio doubles their output, they're gonna get to fifty eight by themselves, right? They might, so, they might get to hundred. Uh, yeah, if they. Do, yeah, exactly. So I don't. I'm not necessarily predicting that. I'm just making the point of Toledo's defense is really bad. Ohio's going to score a lot of points. I don't know what Toledo does, but I, I think the combination of grabbing the money line here at plus odds for Ohio uh, and the over makes a lot of sense. Uh, Cousin Jared, uh, what do you have to add to that?
1: I aside from a game that we're going to talk about later, where Coastal Carolina is without their starting quarterback, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. In my opinion, that there is a conference championship game with two teams going in opposite directions more so than this mm-hmm. one. Ohio mm-hmm. is nine and three. They their losses this season. They lost to Penn State, they lost to Iowa State, and they lost in overtime to to Kent State early in the season. That was actually their first conference game. They won every single conference game after that. They finished the season on a seven game conference winning streak. I it's mean, pretty dang good. Yeah, and And pretty and and not bad non-conference losses those two either. Yeah, yeah, and none of these games were were relatively close. I think the Ohio offense is really good, as indicated. We're going to take the the over as well. But you go over and look at Toledo, and it's just kind of like the exact opposite. They looked good early in the season, then they lost three out of their last five. Uh, One of their victories, they had a seven point win over over Ball State. they had multiple chances to, to clinch their spot in the conference championship game earlier. And I I don't want to say they, they backed into it because uh, you know, they got such a big lead in, in their division that they kind of, you know, they didn't have to do much, and yeah, they, did they were... did
0: they back in or did they coast in? It's they kind of, kind of, of coasted amazing. in, at, at, yeah. At best, at best they coasted. At worst, they backed. Whichever one we, is not great. Yes,
1: yeah, so they, they again they 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 lost their last two conference games. They're still got spot in the conference championship game. So I just have not been impressed with what I've seen against uh, seen with Toledo all season and the exact opposite. I've been very impressed with Ohio. I'm shocked that this line isn't a at, 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 pick them at the least. Personally, I would have made yeah. uh, Ohio a very small favorite. So um, I think getting. A plus one twenty on the money line is a fantastic, fantastic uh, investment. And again, the over. I mean, who, who's who's stopping who in this game? I think Ohio is going to score more, but you know, Toledo I think is going to get you know upper twenties at least. And I think Ohio is going to go way above that. Yeah, I, I like you I was shocked When I saw the three and a half, that's why I went to this. Girl. I was like, yeah, I'll grab the three and a half. Like this is stupid.
0: Uh, yeah. Again, sideline says pick them. Up. I was surprised. Or sideline says Ohio basically minus one. I'm I was surprised. I really thought this would be Ohio minus three, and maybe it gets there. Uh, that's the direction it's going. I have no idea, right? But that's, I just figured I was like, the way Ohio's been playing, I was like, they're gonna be, we're gonna have to pay a premium on Ohio. I'm, I'm just shocked we've got value in Ohio. Like I said, I was fully expecting to be like, guys, do we pay the premium and back Ohio, even though we're paying it? But they look so good. Like, not having to have that conversation just floors me. Um, like you said, Cousin Jerry, tremendous value. Uh, Jake, what, what's what's your take on this?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm all over Ohio. I, I couldn't wait, especially when I saw it was plus money. So I'm, I'm be all, I'm just so impressed with the Ohio team. I mean, you lose a guy like Rourke, and you expect the team to kind of go down. And their offense really stayed about the same output, but it's a different way of doing it. They totally switched – like credit to their coaching staff. I'm not exactly sure who it is, but they went from a pass-at-almost-all-times offense to – we're gonna really go with a mobile quarterback and let him run. And they're just they're just killing people. I mean, they've yet to score with, with like one one week
0: practice. of practice. I mean, it yeah. wasn't like it was multiple, it was just like one week, okay, let's let's do this. Now we're gonna be good at that too.
2: Yeah, it's, so it's just it's just crazy. I mean, they've scored at least 24 points in every Mac game, and most of the time they were in the 30s. So I think there's gonna be very easy for this to go over the 50 seven-and-a-half number, and I think they win. And I think they kind of win in a blowout because whether you think they coasted or backed into it, it is really hard to flip that switch back and get that game going Uh, and, like, all of a sudden get back to where you were. I I think Toledo's going to – they might come out hot, and then I think that coast button comes out early on them, and they're going to – I think they'll end up losing big. But that's my take on the game.
0: Yeah. Uh, credit to second year coach, Tim Albin. Uh, last year, they were terrible. Yep. First year, a lot of them talk about a year zero, right? That sort of thing where you're just like, you're coming in, you're just trying to,
1: you're trying to lay the foundation. Well, and Frank Solich retired like in July or like August, like right before mm-hmm. the season started. And so he had, you know, a couple of weeks and basically just the start of camp to kind of get things, you know, the way that he wanted to do things. And, and so, yeah, maybe that's explainable looking was- back on it. And he was
0: there, but yeah, how much of that is what you want to sure. do, and how much of the, you know, recruiting. I mean, it just it was just yeah. a weird situation but credit to the job he's done yeah. Yeah. here in, in year two, or if you want to call it year one after the year, whatever that is, this year, just a fantastic job of uh, that team. So we we all like Ohio on that. because Jared and I are also taking the over 57 and a half. Uh, speaking of the, the game you just talked about there, cousin Jared, uh, 3:30 Eastern on, on Saturday, the Sunbelt Championship and this will be at Troy. Uh, They are now nine and a half point favorites. Another shameless plug for that discord five bucks a month. When this line came out, it was Troy minus seven. And I said, y'all grab Troy minus seven. It's already nine and a half. I don't know where this number's going. Sideline says it should be 14. And that's partially because of just how bad coastal Carolina has looked without McCall part of that last week. I can give them a little bit of a pass for that. We, We talked about, I thought they'd show a better effort than that, but you know, how much of that was an offense without the quarterback and how much of that was, we don't want to show anything for the next week. The game doesn't mean anything. I, I, I thought they'd play better than that. I kind of thought, even though the game didn't mean anything that they would say, going into James Madison and say, we want to say what need the reps like to practice with your new guy. Yeah. Yeah. need the reps with the new guy and a little bit of, we don't want y'all to win the division and us just get there because y'all are ineligible. We want to go out and, Mm. Show y'all we are the best, team, that sort of thing. I mean, that's there's, there's pride in that locker room, you have to assume. Um, and they just look terrible. And so, based off of that, again, Sudden says this should be Troy minus 14. We're locking in Troy minus nine and a half. We're also locking this under 48. Uh, cousin Jared, uh, the, I feel like these this is Sunbelt's been your area, so I'm gonna let you have the floor.
1: This is gonna be probably my, my shortest analysis of the night. Number one, coastal Carolina, just not the same team without McCall, and both these teams have been heavy under teams. All season and so at this point If it ain't broke don't fix it uh, so let's Stick with the the under 48 it, it is could be potentially a little Intimidating laying nine points with Troy Just because that's not the type of game that they they Want to play but again you just look at What Coastal's done without McCall and it's just Not promising at all they scored Early uh, against James Madison And then they did literally nothing the entire Rest of the game and, and so uh, I just I just don't have much much faith In them they might be able to scheme up some points in the first Couple of drives when they're on script but I think they have a really really tough time after thinking off script
0: yeah and we've talked a little bit about you know team totals and when we like a side and a total that then implies a certain team total um that we would like that and absolutely I think we would recommend uh the coastal team total under as well uh right now the implications about 19 those are not out yet but assuming it's somewhere on the 19 number because I think we would both say that whether you want to lay the points with Troy, whether you want to go full game under or go Coastal Carolina, team total under 19, all those are fantastic looks, I think, in our book. Yep. Uh, Jake, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I'm probably going to regret passing on this, but I just don't trust Troy to win by 10. Um, I missed the seven. But I mean, that's just me not paying attention in the Discord. Uh, but, uh, you know.
0: There's a lot but, happening there.
2: Yeah. We have so a lot like, of chat. Yeah, so it's just – I'm going to regret doing it. I just – I just don't trust their offense to win by 10. I think I think they'll dominate the game for sure. It's just not in their DNA, it seems like, offensively to win by 10. But I definitely don't want money on Coastal with the way they've looked and no McCall. So I'm skipping. I'll, I'll,
0: I'm will i going to throw this out there and just see how y'all react to it. Because, Christian Jared, you made the same comment, right, about people might be afraid to lay the number with Troy. Uh, here's my counter to that. Uh, Troy played that game against App State they got out big and then let up state come back. And that was just a crazy game. That was all the way back in the middle of September. Right. After that, uh, Troy beat Marshall by nine, which uh, given that Marshall is also a heavy under team like that, I mean, that game was 16 to seven. I mean, that was like as big of a blow as you could have for getting had 23 points. It feels like unless it was 23 zip. Um, Then Troy beats Western Kentucky by seven. After that, they beat Southern Miss by 17. Bennett, felt maybe like they coasted a little bit i think what we're reading is these four game stretch where they only beat texas state by three they only beat south Alabama by four they only beat louisiana by six and they only beat army by one i wonder how much of that was just coasting and not really kind of just what with utsa not you know taking a big picture of you not really every single we've got to win this by as much as we can that type of thing because the last two weeks they beat louisiana monroe by 18 and last week they beat Arkansas. state who actually it's terrible but they took care of business and won that game uh by almost 30 points so i wonder how much of that mid-stretch there was just a little bit of concern for you know we're or, or concerned o- overly concerned about that but when they if they now come out and focus they can take care of business and they, can, and they can cover
1: a bigger number i'm just curious how y'all react to that so i i would personally say that i think coastal without mccall is worse than south alabama i think they're worse than louisiana and it, I mean, I, I kind of throw Army out the window, like non-conference right. game in in the middle of the season, running a, you know the triple option like that. You just kind of throw that out. That I don't think that really has yeah. any bearing on anything. It feels
0: a lot like Southern Miss, who they won twenty-seven to ten against, right? I mean, if this game yeah. went 10 I think we'd all be like, that sounds about right. Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah. My, my only thing is they needed that South Alabama win and mm. right to win the division to put them here. Because if if I'm I might be mistaken, but if they would have lost. By some unbelievable reason, Dark South State, South Alabama, when it got in, I think, uh, to the championship tiebreaker, something stuff. Like that, yeah. yeah, yeah. But so, like, I just, I don't know. I just, I'm just not comfortable doing it. I mean, you lay out good points of why they should, especially as bad as Coastal is without McCall. It is, I can't. I'm not going to knock anybody from doing it. I'm just personally not comfortable enough.
0: All right, to the. American Conference Championship game, UCF at Tulane. It'll be a 4 p.m. Eastern again at Tulane. I've got Tulane ranked 27th, UCF 34th, uh, UCF. Uh, Can can we chat? (laughs) Just have a little conversation? What in the world was that about? I mean, if you weren't going to cover that game, that's fine. I I get that. You know, like that's roughly a 50-50 proposition. Um, But I I, I tweeted this out, like if – if that game was the, if, when they make the movie in 10 years of the 2022 South Florida season, which thankfully they will not, but if they were to do that and they played that last game out real, your, 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 your significant other, your child, your whoever who didn't see the season would be like, so tell me how that last game really played out. Cause I know it wasn't like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Oh my goodness. Um, Got up huge and then just completely fell asleep. Uh, Tulane
1: took care of business. But, against Cincinnati. but not like a little nap, like a deep slumber. Like just yes. completely like but they were not waking day. up for hours. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, Tulane takes care of business against Cincinnati. And thus they are able to not only make this game, but to host. Uh, Southern says it should be Tulane minus uh, 3.7. Uh, we're locking in Tulane minus three. We're also going under 56. and Jared tell us why?
1: So on on the side, I, I think it's just really difficult for a team to beat the, uh, a good team twice in the, in, the, in the same season, especially going on the road both times to do it. So that, that's partially why, uh, or at least me personally, I lean towards Tulane in this game. Uh, what I would say about the total is, so they, when they played earlier this season, uh, they got to 69 points, which was nice. But the problem is, is that there were a lot of points early in that game, 24 points in the first quarter. And then the, the scoring kind of tapered off after that. UCF did a great job of scheming up those first few drives to get a lot of points off of Tulane. And again, they uh, only ended up with, with 38, got 17 of those in the, in the first quarter. I think that, I think it's going to be very difficult to do that to this two-lane defense twice within the span of a month. I think that the second game is going to be much more lower scoring. I think both teams probably threw a lot of their big offensive shots at each other when they played the first time because that was a really big game for in the conference standings for both mm-hmm. teams. And mm-hmm. I just think that they're not going to have as many bullets left in, in the chamber this time
0: especially given the weird thing that, that they're doing, uh, the Big 12 has to do by default and that the Pac-12 is doing, which is just maybe one of the conference, just do it, the top teams. Like that was a huge yeah. game because it wasn't it was it wasn't just you needing the win. It was also you giving a win and a tiebreaker to someone and you didn't know how yeah. those tiebreakers are going to play out. So, I mean, like you said, yeah. absolutely huge game the uh, yep. first time around. Uh, what I'll add on this is, look, I, I think Tulane's just a better team. I, I trust them. I don't trust UCF at all. UCF's had yep. some really good games, had some really bad games. Yep. Tulane's a better team at home. Um, yep. And I think that, Um, you made some great points. This is the one game we talked about. It's a rematch, and I do think it'll play out differently. The other thing is that Tulane, I think, kind of got playing UCF's game a little bit. They got behind chasing, trying to score a little quickly. So I think there's some correlations here with regards to Tulane and the under. If you are a parlay player, this is one that I might recommend parlaying those two together because I think they're correlated. might get a little bump in probability, a little more positive effective value play there because – if Tulane does slow UCF down early on, like we think, it allows Tulane to play their game. which is going to help them win and keep it low-scoring both. And so I yeah. think both those things are going to happen here. I just don't see UCF uh, doing it offensively like they did that first time. And so that's why we are laying the three with Tulane and going under 56. Jake, what is your take?
2: Yeah, that first game has got me all confused. So I, I got to lean Tulane, but I'm, I'm going to wait and watch what this line does. I've got a feeling it's going to – Move away from Tulane here and kind of make me angry that I didn't take him earlier. But um, I'm hoping I can get it under that three and a half so I can, because I think it's going to be really nip a duck game and uh, that field goal is going to be important. So I'm hoping I can get two and a half, but uh, not confident in it.
0: Yeah, this is one another one on Discord I told people to take the three. There are a lot of three and a halves already out there. So I don't know where this number's gonna go. Uh this is when we were there, I said, Hey, grab the three with Tulane. Uh again, sideline says four. Even four, I'm not sure I'd lay four. Four's probably a pass, but um it's it, 2A minus 4 feels like the right side, but I would hate doing it for all the reasons, Jake, you just said. Have, at least laying three, you got the push protection in case it does end up being a tight game, being a low scoring game, being more likely to be a tight game, etc. cetera. Um, so yeah, lots of things to consider there with this number potentially really mattering. And again, 55 being the most key number in college football. So going under 56, or at least under 55 and a half um, is very important. So uh, be shopping around. Make sure you get good numbers on this one officially because Jared and I have locked in 2A minus 3. Even laying some juice, that's OK. And, going under 56. it's not West game 4 p.m Eastern Fresno State at Boise State um sideline says this should be Boise State minus three it's exactly where it is now but it opened up and sat for a while at four and a half this is another one where if you had those early projections on sideline you've seen the three and said hey maybe grab Fresno State plus four and a half that number's long gone I don't see it coming back I think three is a pretty good number I don't know what to expect in this game Boise's maybe a tiny bit better. So that got them 50th, Fresno State 55th, trying to figure out what's going on with their offense and account for Fresno appropriately. Kind of, It's kind of trying to see how they've done lately and, and give a, a discount for the uh, time when Hainer was out. Still think Fresno good, just maybe a tiny bit behind Boise on the road. Again, three, I think is a pretty good number here. Uh, so because and I are going to pass on the side, but we're going to go over 53. This game got to 60 the last time these two teams played. Both of them have been better on offense. Both of them are decent on defense, good enough on defense to slow down and stop teams with bad offenses, but they can give up some points to better offenses. I think both these offenses are actually rolling. I can't believe I'm saying that on Boise State after the first few weeks they had, but their offense is pretty good. The last half of the season, Fresno State's offense with Hainer, of course, has been pretty good. So we're going to go over 53. Weather right now looks good. Cousin Jared, what else do you have to add to that?
1: I don't think we talked about it enough on, on the show that Boise fired their offensive coordinator as after that, that loss to UTEP. And then exactly. since then they had we didn't played. talk about that probably at all. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they played a lot better since then. Uh you know, this word 35 in a game, 40 against Fresno State, You know, 49, 28 against BYU, 41 against Nevada. I mean, these are some bad Mountain West teams, but they, they, they're scoring up and definitely went up because the offense that we saw from Boise State at the beginning of the season was going to have trouble scoring points even against those teams. Uh, and then yeah. the second half of the season, they kind of – Put them away. Uh, but I would just say, you know, Fresno State, since Hayner came back, they've put up 32 on San Diego State, 55, 37, 32 41. on San Diego State. I mean, that's all you need to say right there. Yeah, yeah it's p- pretty good. And then uh, 30 against Wyoming last week, where Wyoming scored a grand total of zero mm-hmm. points. And so they had no incentive to score that many. So uh, I, I think that both of these. I think Boise's offense is underrated for for what it's done the second half of the season, and I think that some of the projection systems just haven't caught up to how good Fresno State's offense is with Hainer in there, you know, those three and a half games or so that, that he missed. So, uh, yeah, lo- love the over here, you know, aside, couldn't tell you which one. Don't don't trust either of these teams too much. Uh, so, uh, again, that's part of why we're, we're passing there. But, yeah, I think the over is a really good place to look. At some point, is this a game where
0: maybe you would recommend a flyer on the money line plus odds on Fresno State? Kind of like we said, don't really know what to expect. Or is that one of those where on the road, you just don't think you'd, you'd mess with it?
1: I I could definitely see that because I, I really don't feel like I know what would happen. And so I, I think that especially if this got down to like two and a half, definitely I, I would lean money line towards taking, mm-hmm. taking points in that situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Jake, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and grab the three with Fresno, and this is another one that I'm going to probably play on the money line too. I just think Jake Hayner makes this team leaps and bounds better than what what the projections look at right now because of how much he's set out, uh, and I just don't trust Boise to be there when they need to be there. So I'm going to I'm also going to grab the over because Fresno could do this by themselves if they need to, uh, but I don't think that I think this one gets closer to the 60s. I think we're looking like an upper 30s for Fresno than Low 30s for uh, Boise, but uh, either way, I think the overheads for sure, and I'm, I'm all over Fresno too.
0: The uh, money line I'm seeing right now is anywhere between plus 130 and plus 145. Money line prices vary, so definitely shop around there. But um, I, I'm 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 thinking of the, those like something like that plus 130, plus 140, plus 150, whatever you're looking at. There seems like a reasonable idea, just because kind of anything can happen in this game. So talk about some of the other ones. Just take the plus odds, um, and and it's tough to go there and win. boys is a really good home field advantage. Don't want to discount that at all. Um, but. Uh, it, we're seeing from Fresno some signs of what we hoped they would be all season, and got derailed with the Hader injury early on. Um, but we're kind of seeing what we thought we might see here at the end of the season with how, how well they've how good they've looked uh, since he's come back.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were, we were on them early, I believe, and then they almost beat was it Oregon State? And Oregon State after, was a
0: very tight last minute game.
2: Yeah, and then after that, Hader gets hurt, and it just kind of throws their season off. Yep, yep.
0: Uh, 4 p.m. Eastern, last one in the uh, afternoon here, LSU and Georgia for the SEC Championship game. Georgia is a 17-point favorite. Siline says it should be 15.6, so no mathematical edge to be had on either side uh, here. 17 is a, a key-ish number, but not enough probability that the model would recommend taking the 17 with LSU right now, grabbing the 17 with LSU would provide a negative one advantage, uh, laying the points with Georgia according to the model being negative 4%. So from a just pure mathematical standpoint, model says there's no edge either side. The question is, what do we make of either one of these teams? Uh, I, I'm 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 going to ask a lot of questions here, Cousin Jared, and then I'll let you see if you can answer them. Um, okay. First off, let me get a couple of the, the things out of the way. L- Sondheim's got LSU at 15 right now. Um, Georgia, of course, back to number one in the country. Total on this one, uh, I believe, it's 49 and a half. Georgia's looked like the best team in the country at times and at times they've looked i don't know disinterested uh you know all the way back to that kent state game which i feel like we're trying to set a record for how many times we can reference that even on, on the basketball show <laughs> which we did the other day um you know it, the first half against georgia tech this last week so i mean from the very start almost uh, i mean not the very start because that first game against orcans just uh, dominant yeah. right and then that kent state game early on and then they've just throughout this conference season has been like that, where they just had some games where they haven't really looked at great. They've looked concerning, like they're, they're, they're mortal. And they've had moments like that Oregon game, or like the second half of the Georgia tech game where you're like, Oh, they are doing exactly what they need to do. LSU just as crazy. I mean, the, the, the loss to a inexcusable with regards to you got a chance to, and obviously they, they face huge face odds against Georgia, <laughs> but knowing that if they are able to beat Georgia and they took care of this in college station. They got a decent shot at the playoff and, and blowing that game, uh, looking, you know, concerning against Arkansas, but of course uh, looking terrible against Tennessee, but also, you know, they played pretty well against Alabama. Right. So it's yeah. one of those things where uh, I don't know what to make of either one of these
1: teams. We've officially locked in Georgia minus 17 because uh, Jared, tell me why. Well, let me ask both of you when was the last time that Georgia won the SEC? What year?
2: Oh, Lord, that was uh, mm. was, it, was it their last national championship year? Not before, not, obviously, not I was last gonna year. guess, I'm gonna
1: guess 1980. Well, no, no, Jake, Jake's on the right path here, it was 2017 was the oh, last okay. time that they, that they won the SEC. I just figured, I just figured you're asking I was going to pick a random like really far back here. Well, well where I'm going with this is, is Georgia's been like good every year for the past five years or whatever it's been, but they haven't been able to win the SEC. And so I think that, you talk about, you know, looking ahead to uh, this game against Georgia Tech, looking ahead. I think that they've got a real bad taste in their mouth after not winning the conference championship game uh, last season, losing it to Alabama. I think that they're like, I know this is going to sound dumb for a team that just won the national championship, but I think they're going to say like, guys, we haven't won our own conference like we, we we've got to win this game and, and finally get this this you know trophy to put put in our wherever we're going to store it at because the, you know how can we really be national champs generally a trophy case but whatever <laughs>
2: but yeah, they're probably running know. out of room in that trophy case at this point they, they are it's probably fair. running
1: out of room in the trophy case, could, case but i promise you they, they made some more <laughs> Yeah, they, yeah, they've made some space for this thing and it's it's missing and I promise that Kirby Smart's been harping on that all season. The other mm-hmm. thing that I would say is uh such a, a big part of LSU's offense is Jaden Daniels running around and making plays with his feet. I think that it's going to be very difficult to do against Georgia's defense. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to the have ball. the 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 athletes as my wife's grandfather would say who was a, a Texas high school football coach for 40 something years. He would say they got got a lot of good athletes. Out there, mm-hmm. and I think Georgia's mm-hmm. going to have one too many athletes on mm-hmm. defense, going to be able mm-hmm. to shut Daniels down. And if he's not making plays with his feet, I think things get really tough for for LSU's offense. So I think laying 17 points is, is the right move here. I think Georgia's going to come out trying to prove a, a point, and I think this game could get ugly.
0: Uh, okay. I've uh, two things to add to that. Number one, uh, Georgia did win the SEC in 1980, so there you go. Um, also, they, national so. they did also win
1: it in 1980, yes, I, you know.
0: I feel good about that. Um saying that, what I, uh, to to close back to to your thoughts there I, I will say that LSU has looked inconsistent and at times very concerning and if that team shows up um and good georgia shows up this yep. could be like 49 to 3 mm-hmm. um I I don't know if, I don't know if it'll get that bad like it could be Like the bad LSU is going to really struggle against the good Georgia. Um, Good LSU might show up. You you never really know, but I'm, i'm more concerned about lsu and i'm willing to give Georgia a little bit of a pass almost for the same theory i talked about with utsa um i talked about with troy at some point there's a little bit more of a big picture looking at this they're not really necessarily focused on every game i'm at least willing to give georgia a little bit of a pass on some of the times they haven't looked as good this season maybe i shouldn't i don't know i'm just again that's why i said at the top of the show I'm, i'm trying to give you some things to think on that's my analysis here is i can at least give georgia a little bit of a pass what I saw from LSU against AM, what I saw against LSU from or LSU against like Tennessee, um, even against Arkansas for the most part, like it's harder to give that a pass because those were games they had to show up for and they didn't. Whereas Georgia hasn't had a game they had to show up for all season really, other than maybe Florida, who they. Got up by 20 some odd points in the first half. You know, yep. Oregon, I guess, well, which they showed what they can do there.
1: Well, and, and, and t- in Tennessee, I think that's the other game that you can look to. And you oh, say yes. that, like, look at what Tennessee's d- uh, offense did against yes. Georgia's defense, which, sorry, Jake, wasn't can, much. Sort of, and yeah. and you wonder, like, what is LSU going to do against that defense? Because I think you're going to, obviously, you're going to get that same type of effort from Georgia's defense this game as you got the Tennessee game. So I, I again, I just don't know what LSU is going to do on offense yeah. in this game. So, so for, for me, this would be a C grade
0: pick on Georgia. But at the top of the show, the C grade picks have done just as well. Uh, and B great picks are about the same as good as you know and and maybe I'm a little bit hesitant but maybe I shouldn't be because maybe we're overthinking Georgia struggles and to say Georgia didn't show up because they didn't care but when Georgia needs to show up they do and, it, and if Georgia shows up here LSU is going to have a really tough time even covering 17 um Jake what, what's your take on this one
2: yeah so if you go back and watch the Tennessee LSU episode whatever week that was I, I said the same thing Jalen Daniels has to be able to run the ball to open up the throwing because you've got to be worried about that for him to be able to throw the ball because he's not a great passer. That's not going to happen against Georgia. Georgia's going to really put a stamp on this because as as you talked about, they've uh, not struggled, just just disinterested, not really needed to win by 100. Um, And I think with Michigan absolutely taking care of Ohio State at Ohio State, They've got something to play for now because I think that one seed is a little question, like in discussion now. But if they come through here and just absolutely destroy LSU, there won't be no question who's number one. And obviously when there was a question about who was number one when they played Tennessee, they really got offended that <laughs> weren't the number one team and took it out on us. So but, I've got hey, that's I've a great. Got a feeling
0: that's a great angle there, and I think I said that specifically. I was like, "Oh boy, I was really concerned about that whole like we're gonna put Georgia number three into the seat." where I was like, "Oh boy, you all better watch out." Uh, something to watch for Tuesday night on the playoff committee ranking, whatever nonsense. Don't actually watch that nonsense. Don't actually justify them putting a TV show for this. It's the dumbest thing ever. Just watch the crawler, okay? Because we don't need yeah. to watch them. There's some they, great they, basketball sure. anyway. Yeah, they, they just they just make up new things every week, right? So don't watch that. But see what the rankings are, and if, and if it is Michigan number one, Georgia number two, like that might be another like, oh boy, Georgia's gonna be like, all right, fine,
2: we'll go out, and we'll show you who's boss, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think that's what might happen, and Georgia will really get mad at LSU for some reason, and then it's just not gonna be pretty.
0: Yep. All right. Well, speaking of that, we'll jump here to Purdue and Michigan at 8 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. This one will be an Indianapolis, another true neutral site game. According uh, to how I'm treating it, there will be a lot of Purdue fans. It's close. There will be probably more Michigan fans at this one. Um Simon says it should be Michigan minus 20.4. Uh, we're laying the 16 and a half with Michigan. I've got Michigan ranked second here right behind Georgia. It's pretty close. It's got Purdue ranked 38th. Um, the Big Ten West. Uh, mm-hmm. My goodness, I, I, it was everything we hoped and dreamed. Um, it everything was everything we, we expected? Yeah, it's everything we expected. I think they were they were who we thought they were. I mean, yes, uh, left them off to the, them. The, They say what? When we left them off the. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> you know the division that nobody wanted to win and. Purdue somehow snuck out of it. Uh, Minnesota, I think Minnesota wanted to win it, but the injuries kind of just derailed um, them a little bit. Wisconsin never got off the ground, even from week whatever that was, you know, week week one was it with the Washington State game? Week two, whatever it was, never got off the ground. Uh, Iowa, you know, could score. Um, (laughs) Nebraska left their team in Ireland. Um, Mm. I mean, it's just down the list. And um, Illinois, I think, was the team that got. Somehow, and to be better this one,
1: but yes, because if it, Illinois that th- week the one touchdown game. that was a touch that was not a touchdown but was a touchdown, uh, yeah. yeah, that 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 kind of cost them. Also, can
2: wider. you blame them for doing this? Because who wants to go in and be the punchy bag for Michigan or Ohio State? this is what my dad texted me it was like nobody wanted they were all looking at be like oh i don't want to
0: go to that game yeah. like we have to travel there and get beat and then like the plane yeah. ride back or the bus ride back or whatever which would not be enjoyable like nah, let's just stay home we're also obviously that's not what happened it's fun to joke about um uh, illinois i think is the one team and that would have been a much more fun matchup here but uh, cousin jared i think that uh you and i are on the same page here that michigan's gonna score a lot of points and purdue isn't Uh, is there anything more to add to that in our analysis of why we're laying the 16 and a half of Michigan?
1: No, not really. Uh, All you're really asking uh, Michigan to do is everything that they did in almost every conference game this season, except for maybe the Illinois one, there was some, some bad Mm -hmm. weather in that game. Blake Corum got, got hurt in the second half, half of that one. And then Going back, kind of looking at strange outcomes from the season when Michigan played literally nobody in non-conference play, and then had their first competent team come in. Maryland only won that game by a touchdown. Outside of that, you're just asking Michigan to do what they they did all year. I could definitely see how you could rationalize in your mind this being a letdown spot for for Michigan. Uh, you know, obviously big favorite, still expecting to win, but you know, come out slow uh, after the big game against Ohio yeah. State and everything. Yeah. But this is the exact same thing that that happened last year, and Michigan came out and just absolutely crushed. I think it was Iowa last year that Iowa, they played yeah. and and so it was it was over like eight minutes into the game I think it was 14s at Michigan it was like well it's over yeah 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 and so I think it's gonna be the exact same thing this season uh could be a let spot but I just don't see it playoff spot on the line for them again everything to play for uh I I think Mich- this is probably one of my favorite plays uh, of the weekend I think Michigan's just gonna roll
0: yeah and I guess they're, they're honestly to be fair that's a question is there a playoff spot on the line if Michigan loses this game are they still in I I think they might be given all the other losses we've seen in a different year. Maybe not, but,
1: but more question. Okay. Hot take here. Y'all are going to wish y'all hadn't said this. I mentioned this to my father-in-law this weekend that the loser of Michigan and Ohio State is going to be in a better position to make the playoff Mm -hmm. than if the winner of that game loses Mm -hmm. to Purdue, because the, the, whoever loses if Michigan were to lose to Purdue, that loss is going to be much worse than Ohio State's one loss. I
2: think at the same time, it was 20 points at home.
1: That's what I was going to say. I, I think you're. I
2: flip flop, maybe. Yeah.
0: Well, I think you're. I think you're completely right. If it had been a three point game, a hundred percent. And we've seen this yeah. exact scenario play out in the past, where we kind of been talking about this. Like, did you actually not want to play that extra game because all you can yeah. do is lose it? we would rather lose a tight one against a really good team, and the committee just excuses that. Um, but I think the way they lost, I would disagree with that. Just because. unless, unless Michigan also loses by twenty. Yeah, maybe
1: then it's something different, and and, and I don't think the committee could ignore the head to head. But there will be people that bring that up They'd be like, "Oh, Ohio State's one loss is, is is better than the Michigan's one loss." So anyway, yeah. that is something that was was discussed. Yeah. But I agree, I, personally, I think Michigan should be in whether they win or lose this game. Yeah, yeah, and like like
0: we said, yeah, I think I'll you have all great
2: arguments to get Tennessee mm-hmm. in. So
0: yeah. <laughs> fair, <laughs> fair. Uh, uh, you brought up a great point about last year, uh, even more of a letdown spot than this year, because last mm. year was the first time they beat yeah, Ohio State yeah. in eons. And yep. uh, I, have a, I have a good friend who's a Michigan fan who told me that, you know, months later, he's still living the high of that game, beating Ohio State. Not the conference championship game, the Ohio State, which I think he went to the conference championship game. Not that. <laughs> The Ohio State game. So um, if there was ever going to be a letdown spot, it was last year against Iowa, and it didn't happen. So not to say that Purdue can't cover. There's no locks and gambling, right? But Michigan's a much better team and probably can destroy Purdue. Jake, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this one?
2: I'm passing from it because I think it's a big letdown spot, and Purdue has just had this weird knack where they just show up and, like, against Ohio State or somebody. What was it, last year they beat? They lost to every unranked team, but beat all the ranked teams during conference play. They just do weird Let's things see, like that. That, so, that sounds
1: Purdue. Yeah, that yeah, sounds like so
2: Purdue. I'm yeah. I'm a little scared of that. And I just I don't know. I so I'm going to stay away from this, just because I'm very. Nervous. Uh, per,
0: yeah, Purdue. You know, beat Illinois. Great win. Got beat by 21 to Iowa. Um, you know, lost by 11 to Wisconsin, barely beats Nebraska, barely beats Maryland, barely beats Minnesota, but a good road win against Minnesota, I guess, um, beats Northwestern 17 and nine last week struggled to put away, finally did put away Indiana, but struggled in the first half. And that one, uh, barely beats Florida Atlantic loses to Syracuse. That was, I guess, when Syracuse was decent. Um, honestly, the most impressive result from Purdue was week one of the season when they lost by four to Penn State. I mean, that's by far the yeah. most impressive results.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think what I'll say about this is whoever came from the Big Ten West was going to be thrown to the wood chipper. They didn't have a chance to, to win this game. But I am glad that it is somebody besides Iowa and Wisconsin, just because I feel like we've seen that story indeed. so many times. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just glad it's somebody different.
0: I really wish it was Illinois. I, I, you know, Illinois almost beat Michigan the first time. Yeah, and that's true. I, I'm not Michigan. saying they could, but I think – Illinois is the only team from that division that really has a yep. chance against them because Great. their offense is a little bit better than Iowa's and their defense is not far behind it. And I still think yeah. Michigan probably wins that game, but that would at least have been a little more entertaining. So that's just yep. my, my, yep. my wish, but I'm with you. I'm glad at least it's not Iowa. Nothing. against Iowa. We love Iowa. Um, yep. they're a really fun team to watch because they're so different, but, yeah. uh The problem with them against a team like Michigan or Ohio State is they fall on 14th Zip and you're like, it's over. They just don't have horses to come back. And so that makes for a potentially boring night. The other night game, the ACC game, Clemson and North Carolina. The
2: The who cares game of the week.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, North Carolina, I don't know if they had a shot at the playoff. I think they might have had they beaten – whoever it was, Georgia Tech, uh, the week before, I guess, and and NC State, they lost both of them. Had they won both of those and had Clemson beaten South Carolina, had had those (laughs) – all three things that they lost, had all three things gone differently. You you say the winner of this game is like probably – they're not ahead of TCU or USC, I think, but I think they're right on the doorstep of like – If one of those falters, like I probably would put them in or at least they're in the conversation with – one lost Ohio State, two lost Alabama, one lost ACC during the conversation. And yep. they all both these teams just crept the bed. So there's your analysis of this game because these teams just crept the bed. Um, yep. <laughs> this game will be in Charlotte. Uh, again, another game I'm treating as a true neutral site game. Um, both teams will have fans there. The travel's about the same. I've got Clemson ranked 11th, North Carolina ranked 41st. Sideline says this should be Clemson uh, minus 11.9. Because uh, Jared and I talked about this a little bit before – we, we came on here, my pitch for this on Clemson really line the seven and a half. I hate that it's north of a touchdown, but honestly, what we've seen in North Carolina, what we've seen in Clemson hasn't been great, but what we've seen in North Carolina, I think has been worse. Um, Clemson started off a few weeks ago as the better team by a decent margin. And if you talk about anything that Clemson's done, that loss to Notre Dame got kind of wonky with the turnovers. South Carolina, like, might Decent now Might be good Uh Might be the team The model thought I,
1: I, All along was good I, I think you I think you could Better summarize that As like If if Spencer Rattler Is okay now I think South Carolina Is good Because I think yes. Rattler was Was what it was yes. The thing all season So
0: Yes Yes absolutely And so at least Those are like Excusable But North Carolina uh, the, yeah. Losing into the state With the struggles They've had Losing to Georgia Tech I mean they're just To me much worse And so to me I know it's the hook As well But like I just think that this could be ugly because as bad as they both look, I still think if North Carolina plays the way they played the last two weeks, I don't care about Clemson's issues. They're going to win this game by 20 points. because uh, so, Jared, what else do you have to add to that?
1: I, I don't have anything to add. This game makes me sad. I felt like we knew so much about North Carolina, and I feel like every season we want to latch on to those teams that are really exciting, fun to watch. You mentioned Iowa, their yeah. defense, just uh, unbelievably good, making all these wake, crazy wake plays, for- keep them in game. Wake Wake Forest giving up a billion points, but, but also scoring a billion points. And you thought that North Carolina was that exact same thing. And I have just been – shocked by uh by what i've seen from uh, north carolina's offense the past few weeks i, I just yeah. can't believe that they were they were shut down i mean if you if you told me that north carolina state slowed them down a little bit i wouldn't be shocked but just the way that it played out uh, i've just been very very surprised and if north carolina doesn't have the high flying offense uh I don't know what to tell you, but Phil Longo, I want to talk with you. There's probably going to be an offensive coordinator vacancy in college station, Texas. It's a great place to be year round. <laughs> I know you've got some coaching experience. You were at Sam Houston for a while. You know, the state of Texas, great people here. So, you know, I'm going to make my plea to you. Just come on back. We'll take you at Texas A&M. We're, we're, we're great people here. You know, just if Jimbo gives you a call, please, please listen. If, if anyone knows
0: him personally, tell him to watch this segment of the show, I guess. Uh, Jake, what do you have on this
2: game? Like, I, I just don't trust either team to be motivated to actually show up. I lean North Carolina, but after the way they've looked, I don't, yeah. I don't want to put money on it. I'm not sure Clemson has any interest in really winning this because who cares if you won the ACC at, at the way these teams are going because North Carolina was going to be in the conversation had everything played out like it should have, but mm-hmm. they crapped the bed twice. Clemson crapped the bed against South Carolina, and so now it's like, I don't know. I mean, this was even Drake May's Heisman pitch was like, "Hey, we were mm-hmm. in the playoff conversation, and then his mm-hmm. the team let him down, and because he still played well." But it's just, uh, I'm sorry, the whole ACC was just terrible this year, really. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's sad. And I, I think my thought on North Carolina was if. Uh, Clemson didn't win the conference last year. So there might be some motivation there as opposed to Clemson having one every year. Right. So there might be a little motivation there. If there was going to be motivation for North Carolina, I would have assumed you would have had it against Georgia tech to stay at one loss, or I would have assumed you would have had it against their rival NC state. So I don't know. I'm sure they're motivated. I know they want to win the conference, but like they just apparently can't do it. And their offense is like, I I wonder if their offense is just like run its course. And they, they kind of had like, they were kind of like a one trick pony and that kind of worked against some of the ACC for a while, and now people figure it out. But I just – with the way their offenses look, I don't see them scoring hardly at all against Clemson. Um, I'm not sure Clemson scores a ton of points either, but uh, I, I don't know. I'm trusting the wild on this one. Sideline says 12, so we're going to like the 7.5 officially with Clemson. Um, and one other game to talk about a week from Saturday – Army and Navy, this is a uh, half neutral site game. It is at Army. It's at Philadelphia. It's not at their stadium, but it's right down the road from them. So they are the designated home team. So I'm giving them a half home field advantage. There will obviously be a lot of Navy fans there. So um, just a little bit of an edge, not a ton. So that says this should be uh, Army minus 2.7. The early numbers that I'm seeing on this put it. Two and a half and three. So the models pegged this one pretty accurately. But the thing we want to talk about, get on record, it's not out there in a lot of places yet. But there is a 35 and a half out there. It's the only total that's out there. So I said all lines courtesy a better line. Except for this one, better line did not have a line for this one. But uh, there is a prominent American sports book that does have this line out already. And they've hung 35 and a half total. We're going to lock in the under there.
1: Cousin Jared, why is that? So last season, the model told you to, to take Army, lay the points with Army. It was about like seven and a half or eight points. I told you that was way too many points. You need to be na- back in Navy, and I won that one. You're not getting uh, a lot of points one way or the other here right now. It's a lot of two and a halfs, and then maybe a, a couple of threes out there, uh, Army being favored by three. So not enough points, but come on, people. 35 and a half. I mean, who – Nobody. This game is not getting close to 35 and a half. This is way too far out for weather. But, you know, because it's Army Navy, I'm sure there's going to be some devastating snowstorm that comes through. It's going to be about 20 degrees and the offenses are going to be bogged down on the ice. Come on.
0: December 10th in Philadelphia is known for being warm and pleasant and sunny.
1: No. Okay. So yeah, keep, keep telling yourself that, uh, but yeah, under 35 and a half uh, these we've talked about it many times. These Academy games love to go under can't believe this is over uh, five touchdowns here. I, I'm really shocked. And so, yeah, I think this is a great play. I, I just see this being a, a close low scoring game that, that you need to need to watch every year, because it's just going to be a close exciting game in the fourth quarter. Almost no doubt about it. Yeah. It feels like 10 to seven. Um, and we talked <laughs> we've talked about, when a service
0: academy plays a service academy, you talk about the trend. Listen, I do not buy into trends from five years ago, most of the time, because it's a whole different set of players. And most of the time, it's a different coach. It, it, but the service academy under trend holds and make sense, not because of coaches and not because of players, but because the styles are the exact same. When you see a triple option offense that wants to take every second of the play clock against a triple option offense that wants to take every second of the play clock, when you have these two teams who don't want to play fast against each other, there's a synergistic effect and you just, you almost can't model the number of possessions correctly, but it like drops through the floor. And when you have fewer possessions because they're long and slow Somebody's going to have like a nine minute drive that's going to land with like a failed fourth down at the like 11. Like yeah. when you have stuff like that, you just can't get a lot of points. So, again, there's no locks in gambling. Uh, of the trend of the service academies, there's been a couple of games that have randomly gone over. I don't think it's this one. I think both defenses are better than the offenses in this case. Air Force, at least, was going to be the chance for one of these to go over because Air Force's offense is a little bit better. And that didn't go over when they
1: played either one of these teams. But, but that's, that's just what I was going to say. In, in the rare circumstance where one of these academy games have gone over, I mean, like three-fourths of the time, it's been Air Force involved mm-hmm. in the game. So so these two teams, it's even um, a stronger correlation of going under.
0: Yeah, it, it's one of those things where um, the number keeps getting lower and lower every year. It keeps going under. And at some point, there are groups out there that are just going to say it's too low and, and back yeah. the over. I think you still got to go under. I still don't think it's low enough. I think it's a situation where, like I, I've talked about, any of these totals in the 30s, they don't always hit. But more times than not, they do. They're greater than 50% overall because the, the sportsbooks know they can't make the line too low or they're going to get so much money. They'll be way in balance on the over. Under 35 and a half is a great play for us. Jake, do you have any insight for us on this one?
2: Yeah, play the under. I would have played the under if it was at 5. Uh, it's just just outrageous. That, like how these things work, I swear there's a handshake deal between all three of the academies. They're like, we're all going to run the triple option. We're all going to take all the time, and we're just not going to score any points, and we're going to play boring football. Uh, so, until I'm proven otherwise, I believe that deal happened somewhere in the past, and everybody has to live up <laughs> to it.
1: Well, since, since you mentioned it, we did talk about it before we started recording. I think like 31 is our number. We're like, oh yeah, if it's 31, we'd still probably play under at 31. If it goes below 31, then we're like, eh, maybe.
0: <laughs> at, that, at that point, you probably pass, but you but you still don't play the over. No, right? no. You don't, don't throw that money away. And, and uh, I, again, there's no locks in gambling, right? So again, preface it with that. We just think this is a really smart play. Um, th- the last thing I want to say about this is if you are going to convince me that the under – was the reason that the under was the right play for these games historically. And that's been because historically one team has been a lot better than the other. I could start buying that argument. I could start buying the argument that yes. in most of these games last year was army, but for the last couple of years, been army for so many years recently was Navy was the by far better team. And you're talking about spreads that are 10, 14 points, 17 points. And you could maybe convince me, well, the underdog is really going slow to try to keep it, a low position game to have a chance. And a lot of times that has pulled the upset, right? Um, In in recent years, you know, Navy had that long stretch where they won all those, but in recent years, it has been a little bit more upset driven. But when you go and you look at the games, like involving Air Force, where it's been a under seven spread, the same thing has happened. It hasn't mattered if it's been a 14 point spread or a six point spread or a three point spread. These teams just play slow. It's not about we don't think we can win or we think we have to use to win. That's just how they are. And like I said, there's a synergistic effect here when these two teams play or when these service academies play each other. So uh, under 35 and a half is our official play. Um, That wraps up this episode. Any parting words?
1: This is a, a fun week. Uh, I mean, just like conference championship week, get the extra bonus game early on a Friday afternoon. Who's not looking for some college football on a Friday afternoon? Who cares if it's just Akron and Buffalo? Uh, and then you got to follow next week with the Heisman Trophy ceremony and the Army-Navy game. Uh, soak in the, the last few bits of college football season that we have because it'll be gone before we know it. And and again, the way Buffalo has blown the last several games. Tune in to see if Buffalo
0: blows their bullshit. Like yeah. it's 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 intriguing TV. It's not just about yeah. like we think you should put someone in the over and have some rooting interest, but like I don't know, Buffalo. It's been kind of wild. Like it could, be, could mm-hmm. be interesting, right? It's like yeah, there's some intrigue in that
2: game. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, funny words from you. Yeah, this is the first year that I can remember in a while that. There was so much chaos in the, light, the two weeks preceding this that the chaos is still here this week, so I'm, I'm all for it. Give me all the craziness because I just love to see when people just have it in their hands and throw it away because then I know I'm not the only one that reaches for a team that hasn't throws it away. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. It feels like one of those uh, what, 2007 was the the other year. I think we all talk about yeah. that. Was so crazy. It feels kind of like, not maybe quite that much, but the closest to that I can remember, there probably was one other year. But yeah, it hasn't happened often where it's been quite this chaotic. Uh, last thing real quick, I want to mention we will have a show uh, next week when the playoff is announced. We will get that out for you on Sunday night, uh, just like usual. And so we'll talk about those playoff games. And then after that, we'll have episodes cover every single bowl game. So lots to look forward to there. And, of course, all the college basketball action. Uh, we'll get Cousin Jared on uh, here again at some point. Otherwise, uh, Jake will be with us giving out picks.
2: And Cousin Jared will be on the TikToks throwing out bowl games, from what I understand.
1: Eh? yeah, yeah. It's just it's, – I- I'm eventually going to have to do it.
2: <laughs> so, uh, I'm there, we go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there we go all right well thank you all for tuning into
0: this episode of pigs the professor don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we brought on this channel is dropped right into your feed we'll be back all week with college basketball betting content and until we see you again as always best of luck and remember you can eat your betting money but please don't bet your eating money